haven't at least changed the bandages, it's starting to seep through. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Podquisition. Oh my word, we've done far too many and I'm sick of it and I want to go to sleep. Hello Laura, how are you? I'm good, but you know who's probably better because they're having an exciting day today? It's Gavin, it's his birthday. See, that's how that's how we do the introducing Gavin bit. Ooh. It's Gavin's birthday! Yay! <laughs> Yay! Have you? See, there was a there was a moment here where I thought if there's one week where where Jim might introduce Gavin first, maybe it's his birthday. Maybe he'll introduce him first. No, that's still me. Nah, no, we'll stick with tradition. Yeah, I mean, people people like the <laughs> we're a traditional bunch. Well, people here. like the same things. We've talked about this mm. before. Where they like the people same. People don't things. like change. Change is scary. I have like yeah. People hate when you don't change, but then when you change, they hate that. I've too. got like six or seven different coloured ties. I like to wear them now and then. If I don't wear the red one on a Monday on the Gymquisition, people riot. And so I've, I, I really have to pick and choose my <coughs> battles because I've got a nice orange one. I've got a nice like 80s style pink one. I've got a ton of them and I, I barely get to use them because to, people get to upset. Be fair, to be fair, I can understand that. I mean, that th- those do mess with the colour scheme of the show. I mean, it's all about that feng shui, you know, and you've got to keep it... A, a lot Keep of it consistent. A lot of it's just to do with we want you to change, but we want you to change from what you're doing to something that is identical to what you're doing. But we want it to be different. Yeah. But we don't want it to yeah. be not the same. Like make it make it better, but don't change anything. Consumers are horrible. Hey, yeah. position. <laughs> All of us are terrible. Uh, we are. We we are the way. My dog is barking like crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's upset yeah, about all the consumers. Him. It's like consumers, stop being so demanding. Barbie's like, uh, and we're trying to curb him of it. I don't know how. Like the slightest thing outside. Oh, I see. Yeah, there's a gardener outside. Oh, the the crime of the century. Jim's gardener is outside. Someone's tidying <laughs> up the grass. That's my grass. Don't touch it. Unbelievable. Oh, he's gonna be like this all day now. <laughs> I apologise if I'm a bit weird this episode. I followed in Jim's lead this week and I cut out the caffeine because I was having probably a litre of energy drink a day and I suddenly... Yeah, I gotta say, you guys you guys sound a bit um, subdued. <laughs> yeah, I had my moment when Jim was talking about cutting out caffeine the other week where I was like, hmm, how much caffeine am I drinking? Oh, a lot. That's not good for me. Honestly sounded so- like more than me and I was pretty bad. I was drinking about a litre a day of energy drink plus coffee on top of that because that's how I'm productive. And then I went away for a weekend of not doing any work, got drunk and thought, okay, let's cut out caffeine. And I woke up the next morning with a hangover and no caffeine to fix it. And I was like, Ugh. Brilliant. Um, yeah, well, like I said, I mean, the plus side it is my gardener. The plus side is um, there's never a good time to give up caffeine. Even it doesn't matter what you're doing the night before. Uh, that's one thing I learned from when I tried last time, and I learned it this time. Um, and it's going well for me. Um, I'm also on different medications because you you hit your thirties, and then you just get given medicines by doctors. They just say, "Yep, you're old enough now. Take these to stop your sh- take these to stop your asshole from falling out. These all you know keep your eyes in your head." Uh, all that stuff. Uh, so that's been fucking with my sleep schedule. I found out because I last week. It's that. That's that. It's the look the doctor gives you. That's like I know you're old enough now. You're not going to use these recreationally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, last uh, week, I didn't have my headphones in for half an episode, as we know. Uh, turns out I did the same thing on Fistchuck, the other podcast I do, uh, with Conrad Zimmerman. And, so uh, they Pink had and equally a horrible time editing. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they got another editor there called Nick, who, um, who you know, worked his magic and, and stopped it from being awful, but... Yeah, like last week was terrible for me. I guess just the the, the whole change to my um, chemicals because of all the things I'm taking and <laughs> and the stuff I'm not taking now that I used to take. Um, sleeping in the afternoon all the time, uh, out of sort. Like last week, I was a mess. A bit doing a bit better this week. At least the, I, I mean, I've got my headphones on. So that's a good start. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm doing the basics. So that's yeah. All right. l- I must say, last week's pod position was a nightmare to edit. I think from start to finish, like I was stopping to do other stuff in between. Took me five hours to get that edit done because I was just like, "Oh God, this is an editing nightmare." I remember because you were like doing a whole different, like you had a whole bunch of other jobs going on. Whole I had a whole of... bunch of nightmares going on in my day job, and then I was like, yeah. oh, "Edit." <laughs> my girlfriend is standing behind me, making extremely lewd gestures. <laughs> Are they lewd birthday uh, gestures, or...? Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, this week I basically, like, distracted myself from caffeine headaches by building myself a Gundam. It was a heavy arms Gundam that had a big Gatling gun, machine gun, and some wings, and I built that while I was doing stuff to distract myself from the the lack of caffeine headaches, which haven't been fun. I've been drinking Rui Boss... Ruibos, red bush tea, whatever that is. And it's not caffeine, and I don't like Ruibos it. Ruibos tea is yummy, though. Uh, it's no caffeine, though. It is not caffeine. Yeah, but it's yummy. It is not caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good for you. I'm still drinking water like some sort of idiot. Like, it's liquid apathy. There's no point to this. <laughs> Liquid I, I'm going between. I, it's like here's the non-caffeinated, quite healthy for you tea, and here's the water, one after the other, back and forth, trying to mm. trick my body into thinking it's getting something more interesting than it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's all around. Well, I've been, I've, I've been handed, I've been handed a glass of rosé, quote unquote, because it makes you slutty. That's good. Oh. It sounds like you're in for a treat, yeah. say, Gavin. <laughs> I'm. So, I feel like I'm keeping you from something. <laughs> should, should we talk about video no, games? Good. Get the video games out of the way, so you can go off and be slutty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what video games do we want to talk about this week? Well, there's, there's one I don't want to talk about. There's a couple. I, I can guess which one I know, that is. You know exactly which one it is. Yeah. Um, that um, ruined my Monday morning. Can Can we just talk about the fact that oh, without, okay, without yeah. specifying which game it is? There was a game on Steam Greenlight. It's not on Steam Greenlight anymore. It demonstrates the problem with Steam Greenlight, which is when you let anyone put stuff on Steam, people are going to put things on Steam that you really don't want there. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, that, that... It was pretty hard. Yeah, it was sent to me Monday morning on Ask FM, and I sort of did a video on it, and that video went all over the place. You know, Eurogamer and uh, Ask Technica and some other YouTube channels even sort of talked about... Uh, the video, um, and I, uh, I, I guess they a lot of them used my video over the basic trailer as well, just because I presented it a bit more palatably. Because on its own, it's just without someone sighing and being really sad over it, uh, it's a lot less palatable. 
Um, so if you're curious what that is, go look up, um, go look on Jim's YouTube channel for the game with the hideously offensive name. Yeah, yeah, that that'll that'll do you, because uh, I, I really don't want to. Like, like, I was already on the fence about giving it promotion, and I know some people said, oh, well, you took the bait, and you, you gave them what they wanted, and all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's that whole mix of, is the giving them the promotion outweighed by the, the desire to just let people know that something very fucked up just happened? Uh, and well, I, I think that we... would be a more valid argument if it was just released by itself and not on Steam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a case of Th- like that would add more weight to that argument. Yeah. But I, I mean, it was released on 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 a platform like Steam. That that's yeah. and I hate this word sometimes, but it's problematic. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think we need to we need to talk about this gaming uh, game's existence purely so that we can be like, hey, Valve, here's a problem that happens with your current system. Maybe you need to rethink this. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you can make as many excuses for Valve as you want. You know, oh, well, it's not actually the Steam store. The community curates it. Uh, but it's still Steam's service it, that it was on with no warnings, no content yeah, warnings. It, no, it no... doesn't change It doesn't change the fact for that for about six hours, if you went on Steam and clicked Steam Greenlight and were like, mm, I wonder what's going on on Steam Greenlight at the moment. One of the things that was trying Trending upwards and was quite prominently placed on Steam Greenlight was this game. Was that piece of shit? Yeah. So it's like, hey, sure, there's community curation, but until the community curate it, you've got that really bad thing on your service that you probably don't want people to have to see. Well, I mean, it's and like associate with you. It's like your fucking, you know, Woolworths or, or Walmart or, or Sainsbury's or something. Like had nothing but piles and piles of used needles in their parking lot. They wouldn't sit back and go, not our problem. Not our problem, it's for the trash men to come pick up in the morning. We'll just leave that there. Uh, You phone up the trash men and tell them to take it away. Like, it... People still won't want to come into your store if if it's full of used fucking needles. Somewhere in there is an analogy that works. Side note, like we we've probably given this game more time than it needs this week, but while you mention Woolworths, turns out the news story I saw, I was duped. It was fake news. Woolworths isn't coming back, and I'm really sad, and I'm really sorry that I duped you all oh. because I got duped. That's horrible. Yeah, I know. I was really excited that Woolworths was coming back, and then someone was like, "Nah, it was fake news." And I'm like, "Really? Oh, well. I'm sorry." Podquisition officially issues a retraction. We apologise to uh, anyone who fondly remembers the pick and mix. We refi- uh, we we apologise so to basically that's an apology to everyone. Everyone. We apologise to uh, William Woolworth himself and his son William Woolworth Junior uh, for thinking that their store was coming back. Uh, so we, we're just sorry. We, we're, just, we're sorry. I just love the picture that I have in my head of like. William Woolworth is sat in his desk in the Woolworth building on the top floor and he's listening to Podquisition. He has no idea we're about to talk about Woolworths. And he's there like, wait, Woolworths is coming back? Why did none of my employees tell me? Yeah, he has a massive round of firings. (laughs) And he's just like, we're back in business, son. Junior, we're back. We're back, son. Now get me pictures of that Spider-Man. Anyway, video games. Right, yeah, more of those. Uh, what are those? What the hell else happened? Are we talking video game news first, or what we've been playing? <clears throat> we can do anything. Gavin, it's your birthday. You get to we choose. We can do whatever what do we you want. want to talk about. Uh, well, I've been playing Wolfenstein: The Old Blood, which is pretty it good. Is good. I really like I it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's um, pretty much the same as the other game, the original game, but which is a good thing in my in my view. But in some ways, they've made changes that I prefer, and I think sticking with mainly one location for a huge portion of the game really worked in its favor because it felt like an epic journey as opposed to the main game which kind of jumped from place to place a lot yeah yeah um i think that really worked in its favor i haven't played it yet but am i right in thinking that it's like a smaller self-contained story in that same world yeah it's a prequel it's smaller but i mean i I was playing for like five or six hours and i'm only halfway through and that's like the length of most shooters these days yeah Yeah. i mean it's (laughs) substantial you know Mm. The way someone pitched it to me was basically like Wolfenstein's version of Infamous First Light, where it's like, hey, <clears throat> did you like that game? Well, here's a different character at a different time period, but more of the same game. Yeah, I mean, what's becoming something of a popular thing? I mean, we had the, uh, mm. what was it? Uh, what's the Far Cry 3 one? The oh, Blood, Blood Dragon. Dragon, that's it, yeah. Yeah, that was Blood great. Dragon. Um, it was uh, Left Behind. Yeah, they're left behind. So it's it's become a popular, and I don't mind it. I mean, it's a nice. Mm. They've already got the engine and the assets. It's a nice way to sort of pop something mm. out and do focus on storytelling and that kind of thing. And the uh, the the old blood is is definitely a a well done one. I mean, and they've they, mm. they've added a lot more it, of the occult stuff that was in some of the other Wolfenstein's, the first, which I've enjoyed. The very first hour of it is misleading. I found it makes it out like it's going to be quite a dull linear rudimentary stealth game and then it kind of opens up a lot more the further you get into it and it does that thing that the main game did really well in that it's 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 linear but it gives you every so often it shifts things up a bit and gives you more kind of open areas and uh there's like a a ton of hidden stuff to find in it which is really cool like there's loads of like secret hidden doors to find and hidden rooms with secrets about the story and i think that's really cool for a first person shooter to do that glad they brought back the uh the wolfenstein 3d nightmare sequences as well that <laughs> yeah. pleased me. so they got those back yeah. i mean it really does it feels just as fleshed out gameplay wise as um as the the new order but like you say they've made changes mm-hmm. and various um tinkerings with it that i that i'm enjoying more like i i wasn't in love with the new order i liked it i thought it was a very good mm. game uh, but this one i feel like i'm i'm into it a lot more uh, i think by the time there's a moment where it just goes what i call full wolfenstein um sort of partway through once you get the sawn off shotgun uh and and blaskovitz is suddenly dropping a lot more one-liners and suddenly being a lot more comical it just suddenly yeah. just switches full wolfenstein and then i'm like y- yes this is this has sold uh, me s- some of the one lies one of the some of the one-liners in the game are fantastic and some of them aren't even funny ones some of them are just where you're just like yeah <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but after he kills a certain enemy, you're just he comes out with this one liner and it's not even a funny one, it's like a nasty one. You're like, Yeah, yeah, I, I get you, BJ. One, yeah. By the way, for everyone listening, BJ is the character's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, they reference that in a kind of a funny way with one of the uh with one of the lines in the game. I don't think you can really get away with having a name like BJ and not at some point make a joke about it. It's yeah. it's the elephant yeah. in the room. It's like, you got to keep it held as long as possible. It's like, we know it's coming, we know it's coming, we know it's coming. There it is. <laughs> but but it's funny, actually, the way they do it is really understated and subtle. Surprisingly, they don't make like a big slapstick joke out of it. It's really subtle and really tastefully done, if you can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Well done, them. No, oh, well done. They did. They yeah. did good. <laughs> He's actually kind of a likable psychopath. He is. BJ. He is. The one thing I miss from it, and I, and I know why they don't do it because it's narratively it would make no sense. Where it made sense in the New Order is we don't get the just that awesome soundtrack of the German covers of of existing songs. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, obviously that alternate history schism well, it, hasn't happened. You yet. know what kind of that was awesome, but it sucked that you had to stop the game to listen to them. If they'd had them playing throughout the levels, that would have been really yeah, cool. Yeah, Because they weren't actually a part of the game. You had to go I into a menu was, and listen to I them. I think there were certain points where there were, like, gramophones that played them yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah. You I know think, what else they do hmm? um, a brilliant job of? Sorry, I keep talking over you guys to switch. It's your birthday. <laughs> you, it's your treat. But they just <laughs> you can do whatever you want. This can be an hour and a half of just you talking if you want. No, no. Nobody would listen then. <laughs> But uh, they do a fantastic job um, setting up the villains in Wolfenstein. They they not only have these great cutscenes with the villains, but you also can find all of their diaries and listen to their motivations. And like I said, some of the secret rooms, um, they they show you even more of the villains' motivations. And you see, I, it's so hard to say things without spoiling. <laughs> but they do a really good job of it. If you like good villains, then both the New Order and this are... Are good games yeah, for you. I mean, I loved Jaeger. Like, like that's not too much of a spoiler because he appears mm. like almost immediately when you start the game. Um, but Rudy is a Rudy Jaeger. Yeah, yeah um, he's amazing. Yeah, the dialogue—it's all in German, but the dialogue when he's when you're fighting him is just fucking brilliant. Oh, it's incredible! It's kind of sad and funny and awful all at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. So yeah, that's good. Uh, still been playing loads of GTA 5 and loads of Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the First Sin, which grew on me in a big way. So there you go. What about you guys? <laughs> you talk now. <laughs> oh, I've played very little in the way of video games this week because I took like two, maybe three days off because I was burning out slightly and I was like, I need some time off. So I went away this weekend and I watched some films. I played tabletop games. I did very little video game playing. Um, I did play one video game. It's incredibly short, and it's one that was uh, recommended to me by a Podquisition listener. And this is... Oh, let me find the name of this. It's Nicolas Cage Dating Simulator called Caging Me Softly. Oh, good. And it's a very... I'm amazed it took this long for that to uh, exist. <laughs> it's, it's very, very short. There's very little to it. It is basically you walk into a coffee shop one day and Nicolas Cage is there. And you have one option, which is, which adjective are you going to use to describe his face? And there are multiple different endings, depending on how you describe his face. And it's silly and it's short, but I had a lot of... I, I chuckled with it. I got the good ending, the bad ending, the romantic ending, and the sexy ending. So that's about all I played in the way of video games this week. Um, I did play one other video game actually I did put about 6 hours into um, into starting over again on Skyward Sword because I forgot how much I love that game I really didn't like that one I know most people seem not to have liked it Um, for me my brother adores it Laura he's with you on Hmm. that Possibly unpopular opinion, I really enjoyed the the motion control for the sword fighting. I never had any problems with it registering what I was doing, and like I I really liked that little bit of connection. I loved the way the characters were personified. I loved like Groose. Um, I loved a lot of the stuff they did um, in terms of 
storytelling for the for the core plot. And I yeah, I just really kind of like it. I like the overworld design, I like the temple designs, I like the boss designs. It is a game that I really enjoy and that I understand a lot of people don't like, but I like it. So I started replaying that this week. Wasn't it critically very well received though? Well every Zelda is. Um, yeah. It's yeah, I don't know how much of that is down to that, but like I I the only thing that like I understand the people who did not get on well with the motion controls for the sword fighting, I understand why they dislike it. I mean that that's what killed it yeah. for me. I I just I couldn't I, I couldn't feel it, and and when the um, I forget who it was who said it, but the guy who was mostly in charge of it had said that there's no way he could even imagine a, a future Zelda not having motion control. I was like, well, that's it. That's that's the end of the series for me. Uh, and then I was overjoyed when the Wii U came along, and it was quite clear that they're probably done with the whole Wii Remote thing. And I'm like, oh, good, I can enjoy the next Zelda. Then. It's it's interesting. Like it seems it seems it was just a case of. For some people, it worked, and some people had like technical issues, and it just didn't click. And that seems to be the big deciding factor for whether people liked that game or not. But no, I like a lot of what it did. Um, I have very fond experiences playing that, so I went back and started replaying it, because I played it on launch day, and that was the last time I played it, because I played it all through in about two days. And I remember really enjoying it. I was like, I want to go back and see if I enjoy it as much without some of the launch day Zelda hype there. And I still do. I still really enjoy it. That's good. I'm, so yeah. I might have to give it another chance at some point. I've never tried it. I've never never played it. Again, like Jim, the idea of using the Wii Remote completely turned me off it. But, um, um it's it's a case yeah. of once once you start looking at it less like doing grand sword fighting gestures and just like, hey, it is it is following my hand around I'm not thinking about that too much. I'm flicking when I want to sort of like left or right, up or down, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I said a funny thing, but yeah, it's as long as you go into it with like subtlety in mind, I find like, I really enjoy that as a control system. And I'm kind of sad that we're not going to get, we're unlikely to get another game that controls that way. Because for me, that worked really well. Did you guys, did you guys ever feel with the Wii Remote that how subtle you had to be with it was counterintuitive? Uh, possibly. Like, you know when you're yeah. playing the tennis, your instinct is to, like, whack the thing around. But it, it actually, you do much better if you just give these tiny little wrist flips. Well, while that's true, there is nothing to stop you being big and grand. And, you know, being subtle is probably a good thing because you're less likely to hit someone around the head, which I did on the first day that I got the Wii. <laughs> I, I accidentally hit someone around the face playing tennis, and then I realized, oh, let's be subtle. Have we actually discussed before what our favorite Zelda game is? I don't think we have. I would give it a toss-up between A Link to the Past and Wind Waker, I think. The the new Wind Waker, the one with the faster sailing. I'm torn between Majora's Mask and... Skyward Sword. I know that's that's heresy to say, but yeah, it's. I like the. A lot of people name Majora's Mask. Well, for Majora's Mask, it's like it is. It is the darker Zelda game that is much more about small scale stories and basically the futility of you can try and save everyone, but ultimately you won't be able to do it. You get all these like sad, bittersweet endings to quest strings, and it's like, well, I kind of did this right, but it took up my entire three days. I can focus three days on saving this one couple, but 
all these other people's stories are still going to go unresolved and there is not enough time in three days to save everyone. And it's really dark and bittersweet. Mm. And I enjoy that. Um, and then Skyward Sword, just because I like the motion controls and I like the characters and how they were personified. So, yeah. For me, it is it is mm. Wind Waker. There's no betweens for me. It's, it's just mm. beautiful. It, it looks fantastic. It has... This word's so overused by game reviewers, but it, it's so charming. Um, it is charming. You know, it's uh, the humor of it, just the outright silliness of it. But mm. you know, when it wants to get dark, it goes there. It's, mm. it, it's just a beautiful mm. fucking game, and then that that music when oh, you yeah, sail the, is is still one of my favorite bits of video game music ever. Because there, there's a moment in that story that's incredibly dark. It's when you find out certain histories about things and you're like, holy mm. shit, that's dark. Yeah, there is. Especially what it does to the overall Zelda canon, you know? I do have a love for that but, game. Um, that that game is rather fantastic. I'm trying to think if there's any Zelda games that I've really combat. not enjoyed. Mm. I'm going to be really controversial here <laughs> and say Ocarina of Time pissed me off in so many ways. Probably because I played it too late. I only played it for the first time like three or four years ago and I just found the controls drove me absolutely crazy. It was still, it's still a work of art and it's still a masterpiece of design and the levels and everything, but the controls drove me absolutely bonkers. I, I can, that, I can appreciate that. I, I can appreciate too, like, that. Mm. Can, it can definitely affect you. Um, mm. It's the same with the first Half-Life game. I played that too I was late talking and it about just that didn't today. really appeal to me. Yeah, because I, I played Black Mesa. And was talking about how glad. To how be. is that actually? It's good. Like I'm, I'm not too far into it. I only did sort of the first um, sort of forty minutes or so for a video. Um, looks gorgeous. Uh, they've done a really good job overhauling everything and making new character models and putting in some new voices and stuff. It's so far, it looks really well worth it. Like, like it's like mm. twenty dollars on early access right now, which was controversial because, of course, they kept saying it would be free, and then they did so much to it and mm. added multiplayer, and and then bumped the sort of put a price on it. Um, from what I've played, I mean, mm. I would say it's it's de it's worth twenty dollars uh, for like people mm. pay more for a quote unquote remaster of a game that was released last year and is now out on a new console. Like if we can do the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition and The Last of Us remastered and all this stuff, then twenty bucks for a full overhaul of Half Life is uh it doesn't strike me as 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 a bad thing. I mean I certainly see the contentiousness where they were saying <coughs> that it would be free and then this version isn't, but I mean, it's it, there's a discussion to be had, but I'm personally think what I played is worth the money, you know. Yeah, and the amount of work that went into that, I think it's worth. I think it's worth spending a bit of money on. Like, I think it's not an uncommon thing actually for people to play old games too late and just find them too clunky. I mean, our brains work in a very relative way, and if we're used to the kind of much smoother. Con control schemes of nowadays it is going to be hard to pick up and play older games that at the time you'd never seen anything like it but now they've improved in so many small ways that make our experiences better yeah. you know i feel the same way when i watch old tv shows you know there's a lot of british yeah, comedy yeah. from the 90s that i i don't know how i found it funny um, there's a lot of it. Even some of the, the classic famous ones, you know. Um, I won't name any names and upset people, but but there's a lot of it. There's a lot of old TV that, that I guess the standards of quality 
changed so much over the years that mm. it's hard to go back and enjoy a lot of it. Some of it is classics, mm. you know, is a classic that will stand the test of time. Plus, your humor changes yeah. over time yeah. as well, you know. But um, but I will say there yeah, are so I'd many wait. episodes of Red Dwarf that aren't funny. Yes, there. Are, as much oh, yeah. as I love Red Dwarf, yeah, yeah. there are a lot of episodes that just don't work. Yeah, like I rewatched them, most of them, sort of like two two years or so ago, and I'm like, there were still some really great moments, some really wonderful episodes. At the same time, there was so much of it where I'm like, I I, I distinctly remember laughing at all of this back when I was like, yeah. you know, fifteen or thirteen or whatever. But equally, at that point, you were well, about he's fifteen. Ha- he's had so. some funnier moments in Coronation Street. <laughs> well, they're doing a new series now of Red Dwarf. I think they've they've, they've signed on for two more seasons. Really? Oh, really? Oh, wow! Cause, yeah, cause, cause I only watched the, f- the last couple of additional series they did weren't great. Well, I watched the first episode of Red Dwarf X, the 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 newer one they did. Um, I've I've got it on Blu-ray, but I never actually bothered watching it. I got it somewhere, but I watched the first episode and it was okay. It was all um, right. It was, Red Dwarf X it went was, rapidly downhill from that okay starting point. It was like, oh, it's okay. Oh no, no, no. that was my worry. <laughs> yeah, Red Dwarf X was not great by any means. So, what about you, Jim? Did you play anything this week? Uh, well, I mean, Black Mesa. Yeah. I play. We <laughs> talked about that. Played. Um, uh, the new, uh, I keep saying the new order, the old blood. Uh, not a lot else. I mean, we talk, did we talk about State of Decay last week, didn't we? Yeah, I think um, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say, what the fuck did I, I? I have to use my YouTube channel now to remind me of what I've been playing. <laughs> uh, played Metal Slug Defense. I mean, that was just fucking a, a free to play fucking Metal Slug game that no, no one liked and everyone got <laughs> upset with. Um, I played nothing. Let's just say I played nothing interesting and worth talking about. Um, well, outside of here, outside enough. of Black here's Mesa. my very clever segue. Did you play PT this week? Uh, I think I've still got it downloaded. You'd I better think. have it I still did. downloaded because <laughs> there's been updates since last week. So the new update is they delisted PT from from um, from the PS4, and what all the mm-hmm. outlets were saying is like, okay. As is usually the case with delisted games, just go go on like PlayStation Network, click to download it. Even if you don't have a PS4, just go onto your account on the on the website and click yes, I'd like to buy this free game, and put it on your account, and you'll be able to download it in the future. And now it's become apparent, no, no, you won't. If you ever delete this game, you won't be able to re-download it from your library. Yeah. So because Konami is Konami. Yeah, and then there were also kind of rumors floating around today that after 200 days it was going to expire on people's consoles and then those turned out to be false because it was no this bit of data is actually when your PS Plus is next going to run out run out blah 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 but yeah, if you don't have it on your console right now, you're never going to have it even if it's in your library. Which to be honest isn't that big a loss. Well, it's a piece it's it's, Isn't it like ten minutes long or no, something? No, it's, it's a couple of hours. Like it's a couple uh, of hours. Most of those hours are spent on the last puzzle. Well, yeah, but here's, <laughs> here is the thing, though. It's kind of sad, and it's one of those sad things about the the all digital future that we're moving towards, which is you, there are people out there who really love PT and who may never have a chance to play that game again because that game just doesn't exist anymore. And that's a really kind of sad thing. Yeah, that is really bad mm. form. 
That's what everyone was afraid would happen with the Xbox One. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this is why people didn't like mm. the idea of the sort of always online DRM future that they were going. Because well, it's a fucking terrible yeah, idea. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this the whole PT thing just goes in my my ever growing box of things that demonstrate why trusting publishers with an all-digital future is just not a yes. great idea. It's like, there is no physical way that you... Like, it, it's it's a horrible thing as well for archival, for like the, the future of this industry in terms of being able to archive the things we've created. It's like, how do you now archive the existence of this game to use as a discussion point in the future? I mean that's that's a very mm. real issue. Mm. I mean, especially when there are games that you can't get a hold of anymore, like old games, and the only way to get them is quote unquote pirating yeah. them. Like, there's no way that mm. it really is a because because publishers protect their rights so much, even to the point of making a thing inaccessible. It's such a disservice to games as a, as yeah. art that you there's no tr- good way of archiving them. Well, you know? it's even like in the days of physical like physical media. It's still fairly easy to access, like, hey, here is a disc. We can rip that disc. We may not have a way to play it legally, but we have that code still exists. We still have copies of it that we can archive. But, like, how do you get the code off of PS, off of a digital file on a PS4 and then get it back onto a PS4 later? Like, as much as, like, I don't, like, we shouldn't be acknowledging piracy, blah, blah, blah. It's like in an all digital future where there are no is no physical media. It makes it much harder to even archive ROMs of software. Yeah, which mm. is a problem. Well, it's because they want they. It's because publishers want to reserve. Is it really the... piracy though? If the publisher isn't even selling, well, it? that's it. I, I mean, they... is anyone really losing out there? That's one of the issues with ROMs is they want publishers will keep calling it piracy because they want to reserve the right to, if they feel like it, charge you five bucks for that ROM later. Mm. Uh, it's it, it's mm. a, At some point, I really need to talk about this because it's it's considered such a big no-no yeah. in uh, traditional games media. It's, oh, don't talk about ROMs. Yeah. Don't talk about ROMs. Don't look like you're endorsing ROMs. But it's like, mm, it really is an issue that needs to be I, talked about when it's so yeah. easy to get a ROM of a game that someone else wants to sell for five yeah. bucks and or doesn't want to sell you at all. It's, like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an issue and we need to stop pretending it well, isn't. I have a relative who, for a university, their job is to attempt to archive video games. That is what they do for a living. And it is like it is a huge problem that just like the way the industry is going is making it impossible to archive like the things that are being created and that's a terrifying prospect for this as an art form because of course i mean the people in fullest control of the industry aren't interested in it being an art form at all no they are interested in the financial bottom line today rather than the health of the industry 20 years from now which which on that point, do you think Silent Hills was gonna be that good anyway? I, there was a lot of hype about it. But Not necessarily, know, but man, like just... I think it was. It this would have made an interesting archival point, just in terms of, hey, this is probably the first time that we've seen a AAA publisher release a small uh, project without saying what it was, putting it out for people to consume, and mm. having the fact that it was a teaser for a big AAA product hidden somewhere within that. Mm. Like, that is something I mean, that yeah. I, I can't celebrity. think of another time that that's happened, and that is something that we might want to archive. The celebrity lead rang bells, set off alarm bells in my head for that one. It's like, 
Am I really going to feel scared playing as the sh- the crossbow guy from Walking Dead? I don't know. I just you <laughs> I know. mean, at, at, at any rate, I mean, I, I I think Laura's got the right of it there. Like, it's important we keep these things archived. My my other fear is that things like the 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 Twitch, the archived Twitch video of the girl who first discovered it, is a beautiful moment. Uh, the the very first person who solved that last PT puzzle and got the teaser. Like I watched that video of her unlocking it and reacting to it and just being overjoyed. Like it's a gorgeous mm. moment of gaming history. And my fear is Konami's mm. next step is to just start copyright claiming everything to do with PT on Twitch yeah. and YouTube well, and just <laughs> deleting all evidence of it. Was Ko- was Kojima involved in in PT? As far as we know, yes. Maybe um, this is him throwing all his toys out of the pram for leaving. Do you think that might well, have something to do with it? Well, some people even suggested that the, the dialogue in the Silent Hills teaser was Kojima having a go at Konami. Like, there's this whole thing about having a wow. go at dad, like, quote-unquote, dad, and all of these sort of veiled things about being bored and wanting to be let free, or like, all this stuff. And a lot of people have read it as Kojima kind of throwing shade at Konami sort of under their noses. Jesus. Mm. It's 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 difficult because, like, regardless of the end product quality of Silent Hills, I think PT is something that is an important thing that exists or that existed, and I think the thought of that dwindling away without us having any way of capturing that moment in gaming and being able to preserve it. It's not necessarily a problem as like and remember well, it fondly, even if it's not fondly, mm. it's. The fact that we, like, it's it's not even this that's the problem. It is that this is one grain of sand falling <clears throat> through the fingertips of a big handful of sand that's going through the fingertips, and we're clutching at it, and it's all dripping through our fingers. And it's a reminder yeah. of, hey, the harder we try and cling onto this sand, it's just going to keep running through our fingers unless we find a bucket somewhere. Konami really can eat mm. my dick. I think that's the, the overall message <laughs> here. I don't think that's an unfair message to have this week. I, I don't think this it's unfair at all. This week brought to you by Konami eating a dick. Damn right. Many of them, in fact. I mean, anyone who wants theirs chomped on, just like, like tell, let, let Konami know. Uh, <laughs> I don't endorse you <laughs> no, don't, mass emailing don't, don't, Konami and telling them to eat a dick. And particularly don't just go saying, do that and say that we sent you to do that. That's not a good yeah, plan. I, I, I'll just say, if Konami lets it be known that it would like to eat a dick, consider offering yours. So, um, interesting thing, while we're talking about, like, piracy and ROMs and things of that nature, over this weekend, temporarily, there was a thing that could be done that now can't be done, which was that um, archive.org worked out a way for people to embed playable MS-DOS games into tweets. That was interesting. Mm. That was very interesting. And it seems like that this is no longer a thing you can do. And it initially, like some of the talk was people saying, oh, this is because it's piracy and Twitter doesn't want to be involved in piracy. And it turns out that wasn't the reason at all. The reason it got taken down was Twitter have a strict rule that it's like, hey, no fiddling about with our video player to make it do things that are interactive as a general rule. But <laughs> I thought that was really interesting that there was suddenly this moment of like, for two, maybe three days, this this archive that is dedicated to taking all of these old games and making them playable was like, hey, here is a way for you to share old games very freely. And 
it was a few days of just people being very, very positive about video games and like sharing their old experiences. And yeah, I never got yeah. around to uh, tweeting sort of the catacomb games that I was going to do. Uh, I couldn't find gods on the archive, so I I got pissed <laughs> off. Again, archiving's been a problem for a long time. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was just really interesting to see the positivity that evolves when you take freely distributable archives of old games and put the sharing of those really front and center. It just had a lot of positivity for a few days. Yeah, no, it was it was it was fun to see, and it is a shame that it's gone. Mm. So what else? Like yeah. PT. So what else happened this week? Um Oculus isn't coming till next year. Surprising no one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one's shocked. <laughs> no one's shocked. Um oh, good old games are launching Galaxy, which is their DRM free Steam competitor. Yeah, I mean really I've not um mm. tested it. I'm waiting for an invite for the beta, but I am very interested to see how it works. I would you know, I've fuck, I've already had to have Origin on here. I might as well try another one. Mm. Well, that's the thing, is I've already got too many of these things going on. And, like, the the main argument against it I've seen is, well, it's DRM-free. Why not just take your DRM-free games and load them up into your Steam client and boot them from Steam? And then you've got everything in yeah. one place. But, like, again, I'm interested by the prospect because I really like good old games. I really like them as a service. And I am interested to have a look around and see what what their version of a Steam competitor looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, they they're a lot more committed to quality control for one thing. I've had uh, conversations with them before, and I've talked in old Inquisitions about it. Um, you know, they have an actual vetting process to, at the very least, make sure the games fucking work, which you don't get. Well, on they Steam. have to the degree of like, if the game doesn't run on your specific hardware, they will refund you. They will yeah, give you a they're, refund they're, if your hardware is the problem. Like, that's the difference between GOG and Steam, is is I feel safe buying a game from GOG. I feel I feel a lot more secure, and I feel it's kind of important when you're giving money to someone, is to feel kind of secure and safe doing it. Well, it just like, Steam needs a competitor. It needs a good competitor, um, because even when it's Gaben, mon- a monopoly is never yeah. a good thing. Well, for what the about Desura? That's a good Steam competitor. <laughs> oh. Who? Yeah, exactly. No, Desura is the thing that people used to put their indie games on as a Steam competitor until Steam Greenlight happened, and then they could get their indie games on Steam. Yeah, so just imagine all the shit that you see in Steam Early Access and Greenlight. That's that's kind of like like Desura is kind of its birthplace. It's the, it's the fetid womb from whence it, it came. It's what Greenlight. It, it's not even Greenlight. It was just, do you want to put your indie game on a storefront that's kind of like Steam? Then we'll let you put it on Desura, and all of those terrible games will front and center on the store page without even having to go through a Greenlight process. I remember the days of getting Desura keys. Wow. That was wonderful. God, I vaguely remember Desura you, you never knew what... I was like, what am I doing with this shit? If someone shit? sent you a Desura key, you had no idea what the level of quality you were going to receive was. It could be it could be fascinating, it could break your computer and be a virus. You just didn't know. <laughs> they're still going. I mean, they're, they're, I've heard of things on Desura that not even make it to Steam. Like, they're not even good enough for Steam's current standards. <laughs> I, I still uh, I have Desura on my, um, on my main computer. <laughs> 
Yeah, people tell me every now and then about something that's on Dasura and it's like what what exactly is not good enough for Steam standards? Are we talking like Heartbleed here? <laughs> it's like what is not good enough it's for not Steam? Not necessarily even quality. It's sometimes just does it have to be actively? Sometimes malicious? it is just developers that have zero PR experience and don't want to worry about PR and just want to put it somewhere that people can buy it through through a payment process that's secure. And like in before Itchio was a thing, that was primarily when like it was used because it was, hey, this is the secure storefront that's slightly more official looking than getting you to buy it through <coughs> my shady website. Ah, Tesoro. What else happened? Oh, there was a Steam bit of news this week. Indonesian Steam users had 13,000 times more Steam currency for a day because there was a currency conversion er issue. And suddenly (laughs) it's like, basically, it's like one US dollar was supposed to be worth 13,000 of their currency. And they did a one-to-one currency for a day through an error. And then it's like, oh, yeah, your 13,000 things are suddenly worth like one dollar became worth $13,000 if you were in Indonesia. And basically Steam has spent this week trying to like, (laughs) trying to undo purchases and give people back their, their worthless money. Jesus. (laughs) So people had some fun on Steam. Oh, here's an, uh, actually, here's um, some news. Um, It was small news, but it was still news. Rockstar have been banning people who are using mods. Um, Even FOV mods. I found that fucking shame. really sucks. Yeah, really so. I mean, part of the reason people were I so mean, excited for GTA 5 on PC was mods. Is there any idea why yeah. they're doing that? I could understand it for the online portion, maybe, because it unbalances competitive play. But for the single player, I don't see any excuse for stopping people from modding. Yeah, that does... Apart from <sighs> the usual, Just, we want to control yeah, everything. Yeah, the sheer need for dominance of the product. That does seem very uh, weird, yeah. Usually, yeah. I mean, it, it, maybe maybe they got a little bit worried after the kind of things that people did in the free roam, like certain videos people made involving animals yeah. and involving stopping people on the side of the road. Possibly. Maybe they're worried that a bunch of mods will pop up like that and give them even more bad publicity. And to be fair, the games had enough bad publicity in the last year. Yeah, Not all of it warranted, in my opinion. I love GTA, so <laughs> I've strong feelings about that. But you know, maybe the old days of hot coffee are still uh, fresh in their minds, I'm, and they yeah. just want to keep away from. Laura, them. why have you never reviewed hot coffee? <laughs> if I could access a copy where, like, I could access that, I would review it. Like that is, again, that is yeah. that is something somebody that the world somebody has not correctly no, archived. Someone listening knows how to get it. If someone it. has a <laughs> get if Laura someone a has a copy where coffee. I can access that, then contact me because I really want to. To <laughs> academically cover oh, it, CJ. I want to academically cover this as an influential journalist. <laughs> Damn, CJ! <laughs> should we do some? That was such a fun we do game. Some questions. Yes, yes, we did promise we'd yeah. do them we, this we, week. We promised we'd do extra. Yeah, ones we have this quite a few decent questions this week. Um, cool, kind cool. of on the on the topic of mods, which we were just talking about. Um, at Fiona Sarah on Twitter wanted to ask. What's one mod that doesn't exist, but you would pay a lot of money for if it existed? What's one thing you wish you could mod into a game? Um, head Headlight protectors in GTA. <laughs> Every fucking time I drive out of the pay and spray modding place, I crash into a wall and immediately lose one headlight. It's never both. It's always one fucking headlight. 
and I'm really neurotic about symmetry. So yeah, a mod that protects your headlights yeah. from ever breaking. Really I would, I would pay my, money my for that. My jokey answer is, I would go to Beyond Good and Evil, and I would give it the mod that adds a sequel to it. Um, <laughs> but no, serious answers. Um, there are certain problems I've had with with some games. Like I would, uh, actually, I would pay top money for a mod for Mass Effect One that updated the gameplay so that basically I could have Mass Effect 1 story with Mass Effect 2's combat. Like yeah, that anything that awesome. updated Mass Effect 1 to bring it more in line with Mass Effect 2, I would very much like those mods. You know what mod should be in every game nowadays, and I don't know why it isn't, is that when you're out of conflict and you're not doing anything, the HUD fades away Ooh. so that we can take nice screenshots. I do screenshots. like that, actually. That's a really smart suggestion. Mm. I'd I'd possibly I mean look I would I wouldn't pay for it but if I would be tempted on the game. to pay for a mod yeah. that let you travel to any fucking lamp from Bloodborne <laughs> rather than yeah. go through the hunter's dream it's <laughs> rather than go back like that game is so oh, would they fix you know they you know that, they patched the loading screens now oh Jim? yeah yeah I played it um I, I tried that yeah. out like I'm I'm really happy that I was more happy about there being item descriptions in the loading screen than I was about the loading mm. times being shortened also did okay we're i'm so sorry to listeners we're going on about this game again but have you guys heard this amazing theory how it's all about menstruation the blood vials are menstrual blood when you consider when you consider the main themes in the story which and i'm not spoiling too much here it's all about birth and rebirth Mm -hmm. and pregnancy and when you consider those aspects of the story and then it just completely makes sense and they found so much other stuff that supports it like beyond any shadow of a doubt so you're pretty much here healing yourself with uh, clotty menstrual blood and it's amazing how disgusting some people find this in a game in which literally everything is a rotting, decomposing, maggot yeah, but female bodily corpse. functions. They find uh, female bodily functions. Uh, yeah. uh. In fact, it's probably by far the cleanest thing in the game. Like, um, I would. <laughs> so basically, yeah, Bloodborne, you're a walking tampon. <laughs> so, um, like, I wouldn't necessarily pay like huge money for this, but I would. I would pay like a buck or two, like each time round, for certain games to be able to add custom soundtracks. Like custom soundtrack support mods, I mm. like as an idea because I like being able to easily go through my own music while still having the actual sound effects from the game and having them fade, like the really? music fade up and down, where, depending on what the scene dictates, etc with my own music. Sometimes if it's an open world game or if it's a game I've played many, many times, I like the option of, hey, I want to put my own music in this. God, I completely disagree on that one. (laughs) I think that would would completely devalue the work that the people who made the soundtrack did. And I think, for me, a huge part of games is the atmosphere and putting my own music choices in would... In my eyes, negate some of that. There are some times when I completely agree with you, but I'm mainly like, I'm thinking the games that I've played multiple times over. um, Actually, the example that I was thinking of was this week I've been replaying Majora's Mask. And like, there are times when I'd want the actual Mm. soundtrack, but there are equally times when it's like, you know what? I don't need to hear this field theme again. 
That's fair enough. If it's like, too much, actually, if you could, if you, if there was a mod that removed the combat music mm. in Planescape Torment, that How would be great. How do you do all this on PS4 now with the Spotify app? I does that work? I think you can. I hope not. I really hope no. I'm sorry because that is in my in my eyes. That's to be fair. You are form. the musician on the pod. <laughs> you are the musician Flat on out. the podcast, so you would say that. <laughs> No, I I get the po- I get your point. Like I would never do it on my first playthrough of something, but equally, like Pokemon, for an example, like there's a certain amount of Pokemon you play, and then it's like I don't need to hear this music anymore. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, I can get that. I, I, I again, it would depend on the individual playing and on the game itself. Like I can't imagine replacing the soundtrack in Human Revolution. Mm. Well, with like fucking, it's like no, you know, no matter no matter <laughs> how many times I've played like play through Bloodborne, I don't think I'd ever want to replace its soundtrack because it's such an instrumental part of what of what it is. But and it's very sparse as yeah. well. It is very sparsely used, very economically. And let's say I'm playing Monster Hunter and I'm farming the one of the monsters for the thirtieth time in a row. I don't necessarily need to hear the soundtrack mm. again. Okay, so our argument, I can, I think we can both agree on this. If the game is wasting your fucking time, <laughs> then <laughs> feel free to waste its I, I disagree with your wording, but yes. Um, so next, next question we've got is another Twitter one from at Newbridge, um, or K Newbridge. I, they've capitalized both the K and the N, so I don't know, but, um, do any of us dabble in fiction other than, uh, in, or any other type of writing other than the one that we're known for? So do we do any of us write fiction or types of writing that we're not known for writing? Um used to but not anymore. I have a um I have a a, a book that I have been working on off and on for a, a long time that I'm really not very far in because I'm terrible at time management. Um but I've I've talked about it before on sort of various social media things. I do have a sort of a, a sci-fi thing I've been writing and maybe one day I, I I try not to talk about it too much because I don't know if I'll ever get it in any sort of viewable state. But I do dabble in fiction. I've kind of dabbled in um in fiction in the last couple of months, just as some other kind of writing that's not video game press release regurgitation, which is kind of nice every now and then. <clears throat> so I found there's there's a really interesting um subreddit um that's all about writing prompts where someone will give you like a one sentence description to base a story around. Oh yeah. And I've been quite enjoying like taking these one sentence descriptions and doing just short 500 word first person mm. fiction from them. There's some really good stuff on that subreddit sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Like I, the first, first bit of fiction I've done in probably a decade or more was one that I did um, based around the writing prompt. 50% of the world's population has the ability to fly the only way to find out is to jump from a height that will surely kill you. And I wrote a little 500-word story about someone stood on the top of a building trying to decide whether to jump or not. And I found that quite a fun process. So That's an interesting yeah. dilemma, isn't it? Yeah, like basically but, but the, would you the not summation... just set up nets everywhere. No, because like basically the 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 way I wrote the the lore of this in my very brief window I had with my 500 words was this is something very like um the way that this ability to fly comes out is as a last dormant defense mechanism for humanity it is only if you are certain and you know that you are definitely going to die will you be able to fly 
So it's like a, a winged yeah. panic attack. Essentially, so that's yes. better than mm. mine. Literally, it's literally fight or flight response. Yeah, exactly. Clearly you're the better fiction writer than me, because I, as soon as Gavin brought that up, all I could think of was just, someone stole all the nets. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, basically, all I did was, like, I wrote this little bit of fiction about someone who was like, hey, it's like that it's like that one tattoo design in your head that you always want, and you know that no matter how long it is, you're eventually going to want to get it. And it's like, I might jump when I'm 90, I might do it today, well, I'm not going to be able to get that thought out of my head and then he jumps and nice ambiguous ending as to what happens. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of write fiction sometimes. N- never more than about 500 words because I can't do long-form fiction because it all falls apart. But I can do 500 words or so. Yeah. So, uh, what else have we got in the way of questions? Um, there's a, Just really quickly, there's a question here I have to answer because it's been asked two or three times. How does Gavin get his hair so silky smooth <laughs> and straight? And this is the God's honest answer. I don't do anything to it. I just wash it and that happens. Like I might comb it like once a month, but it's just naturally beautiful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have the answers for you. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. Oh, wait. Yes, he is. He's a goddamn rock star. Yeah. Yeah. I was born to be in a Pantene ad. You see, you know? I can't. I could never do anything good with my hair, which is why recently I I've just had it all shaved off. Like I, I'm, which looks pretty cool. I, I'm, I must I'm say. pleased looks with pretty it. Cool, Jim. I was worried about it. Yeah. I was worried it would look bad, yeah. but yeah, um, people have. I mean, it's like a really fat James Spader look, uh, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not displeased by that. Um, plus, I look less like Garth Marenghi now, um, which is good, because Garth Marenghi is a fictional character, and I don't want to make it look like I'm aping a fictional character. Although, I could now put on a, a purple and white suit and really look like the Kingpin now. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really liking the hair, and I'm, I'm so glad that I don't have to... I don't have to wrestle with it to try and make it look halfway presentable anymore. Because, unlike Gavin, I can't I- just make it look nice. The picture you put up, you look like kind of hard. <laughs> it was like, oh, I fucking yeah. have you, mate. <laughs> I I saw that picture, and the first thing I thought was he would he, you wouldn't look out of place like being a bouncer at a club. Yeah, <laughs> you're not getting in, mate. Not getting in. Chavquisition. Your name on the list. Well, it's funny because I started wearing um. tracksuit tops as well. Um, so I really do look like that um, sort of working class gangster. Um, you know, not, not the good ones, not the good ones that own businesses, the ones that just lend no, you the, 50 the, quid the and kind... then want a grand back. No, you're, you're the kind that's like, you roll into Weatherspoons at half past 10 in the morning and you're not going to stop drinking till about half 11 at night. <laughs> and the whole time in, like, skeezy people will come in, talk to you, hand you money and walk out. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's me. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a C-list EastEnders villain. <laughs> Mm. And he keeps he keeps pigs in his back garden. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with my hair is that I absolutely ruined it in my late teens by repeatedly dying it, straightening it. Um, like I've just basically ruined my hair, and it's never going to be good condition again unless I pretty much shave the whole thing off. Basically, I've got to do what Jim did and shave my hair off and start again if I want to ever have. It's nice a hair. good look. Get a tracksuit top. And then sit in a Weatherspoons <laughs> for like a few months till it grows back. 
I don't think that's going to work for me, but it's good for you, Jim. <laughs> There's a picture of you here with like rainbow hair. Did you have that or was that a wig or? Oh, that was that was a wig for a costume. And that is ah, okay. that is probably the best known picture of me because for a while, like a thing happened and that's the only picture that any outlet could find of me. So it's like, yeah, uh-huh. you got rainbow hair. I think that was my no, introduction that... to you was during that time and and I was very familiar with the rainbow hair pig. Um yeah, that that was not how I wanted the world to learn of my existence with rainbow hair and um I may have had <laughs> I may have Mace had like is, animal ears on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you've done a lot to move past that now. I mean, sort of I, I've said before <laughs> this year has just been your year so far like you've really made Oh, a this 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 year's only going up. I've got I've got exciting stuff happening still. So, yeah, woo. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, how did your um, interview go with? Um, your oh, with the star? Frank Iero. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was absolutely lovely. He's the nice one of the nicest guys I've had the um, the pleasure to interview. I saw him in this very tiny Portsmouth um, venue where basically I turned up and there were people who'd camped out for about thirty six hours for this show and I just strolled past them and into the venue. And there weren't enough chairs in this tiny upstairs room where I was interviewing him, so he just sat on a table. And it was lovely. We chatted about the fact that his his dad's a drummer and he would um he would love to one day collaborate on something with his dad before it's too late to do so. And yeah, we got a nice fifteen minute chat. It was just lovely. And he so, was yeah, who, he well. was in My Chemical Romance as well, was he? Yeah, he was and now he's so doing So you've met his own two of them now. Yeah, this year I've met half of the of the cast of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> And are they so, on good terms with each other and stuff? Did they split as, amicably? And as far as I'm aware, they split fairly amicably. You didn't. You didn't find any drama. <laughs> I didn't dig up any drama, but I know that one of the other MCR members is like starting to do his own music again now. So I'm kind of hoping he tours the UK this year, so I can make it three quarters of the band in one year. That'd be nice. I heard you get like a badge if you if you get all four, then the Queen sends yeah. you a telegram with a badge. I'm imagining it's like one of those Girl Scout badges. You just kind of sew it onto a blanket yep, or something. With Gerard Way's face on it, just like grinning, but with missing teeth for some reason. They don't know why. Missing teeth and cat whiskers. Like they don't know. They think the Queen was on mescaline when she designed it. <laughs> the Queen personally designed oh, yeah, the, the metal the MCR the, people after they broke up. The badge. toothless Gerard Way cat badge. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! I I don't have much faith in meeting all four of them, because one of the four isn't doing anything creative that I can either go see them doing or that I can interview them about. And he was in rehab for ages last year, so I'm thinking I probably won't get yeah. to meet him this year. But anyway, we have more questions. Oh, yes. um, oh. At fanatic ff wants to ask if the three of us were ever to meet in person in the future, what game would we want to play as a as a group? What video game would we want to do some multiplayer in? Does it have to be a video game? Can it be a drinking game? <laughs> oh, I'm up for drinking games. Because that what would be much more likely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'd pick Mario Kart, probably. It's what? Pretty the drinking universally... game? <laughs> well, no, universally. We watch three other people game. play Mario Kart while we just drink in the corner. <laughs> while we get drunk and bitch at them, yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> well, we could combine the two. Do do Mario Kart on its new 200cc on Rainbow Road, and it is every time you fall off, you take a drink. Well, I have gotten gone drinking with Jim in the past, and I think the main thing 
to remember about that is that Drunk Cards Against Humanity is probably the best drinking drunk game you can ever play. It's, it's also the best time to play Cards Against Humanity because yeah. if you play too much of that game, it stops being fun unless you play it with new people or you're drunk. Yeah, yeah. And people get way more um, vicious with their combinations when they're drunk as well because the inhibitions go down. Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah. A game with oh. a, it's got a very short tail unless you find ways to, to artificially pep it up. Um, I, I, I must say I did have a lot of fun with it this weekend. Um, there was one round that springs to mind, which was, um, someone had asked the question. It was like, Oh, at this, at this boarding school, all the young children are encouraged to explore blank at their leisure. And I, I played Jimmy Savile. So all the young boys are encouraged to explore Jimmy Savile at their, uh, at their own leisure. And I felt horrible for it, but, um, but doing many things. That's kind of the point of, that's kind of the point of that game though, isn't it? You always feel horrible after. It's, it's like, <laughs> this is a perfect satirical joke, but it also makes me feel like the worst person. I'd love to see us do something mm-hmm. like D&D. Some, like a proper pen and paper mm. RPG. Drunk, though, again. Yes. Um, we actually <laughs> did, de- we did, uh, we played Deadlands, which is a Savage World game. It's like a, like, HP Lovecraft meets Wild Wild West, sort of mm. cowboys and Cthulhu's kind of thing. And, um, our games master made like a whole bunch of sarsaparilla cocktails and gut rot ale and brought a whole, whole bunch of thematic stuff. And we just got fucking leathered. No one knew the rules by the end of it. We were just shouting. I was doing a, I wore steampunk goggles and had a German accent for the whole day. Um, cause I was playing the mad scientist. So I was just yelling. And then the, the, uh, that, DM Flannel found out that I hadn't put down German as a language in my skills because I wanted to save the points. And he was yelling at me because I was, he was refusing. Like, I kept saying like, oh, we have to go do this thing now. And he's like, you don't sound like that. You sound like you're from Georgia because you didn't put down German. I'm like, but this is a game that has like Frankenstein's werewolves and tentacle monsters in it. And you're saying that I can't have gotten like hit on the head and forgot German. It's like, no, put points in German. So to waste points for a leveled up to put them in German. <laughs> oh my god. I will say, someone has emailed me a couple of times to offer if we ever wanted to do a two-hour on-air Skype campaign that they would happily DM us. So, if we wanted to, the option's there. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd be up for that. I mean, I'm familiar enough with... You'd have to teach me the rules, to be honest. I played Dungeons & Dragons once in school, and I was, this was before I discovered guitars, and I was so nerdy that even the Dungeons and Dragons crowd bullied me. <laughs> what, what would happen? I went in, and the games master decided right at the beginning that I stepped on a panel that turned me into a statue, and I was left like that for the entire rest of the session. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. Yeah, thank God, thank God for guitars, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we could do a nice campaign that would. You know, make accommodations so you don't turn into a statue and yeah. that would make accommodations for not knowing how to play. Yeah, I mean, D- yeah. D&D 5th Edition especially is uh, it's pretty user-friendly and it's low on math. So if we were to do a 5th Ed game, like... Just as long as it doesn't turn me into a satanic occult lover, like everyone used to freak out about in the <laughs> 90s. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember the old D&D scare. Mm. Yeah. But no, we, yeah, if we ever oh, want to do old. that, we, we're we could old. probably do <laughs> game. But um, I think we've got one, uh, what else have we got? We've got one more question that's kind of connected to that, which is um, Mm. a few different people have been asking this on Facebook, which is, 
Do any of us particularly play tabletop games or board games? No, unless I'm looking for an excuse to fight with my family, no. <laughs> I, I don't get much of an opportunity to, to do either, just because I don't have many people that live near me. But this past weekend, I played quite a lot of board games and tabletop games, and I had a lot of fun doing so. Like, I really enjoy it when I do. Um, I think I played um, Eldritch Horror this weekend, which is a really fun game about sort of traveling the world, trying to stop a Cthulhu-esque beast from being revived. Um, I also played Whitechapel, which is a game that it's very similar to a board game called um, Scotland Yard, where basically you have a map of London with a lot of circles on it, and one person is Jack the Ripper, and they have to go around killing people and it's getting a, back to it's their a base. It's a good game, I've played that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, they don't put a, a piece down on the board, and the rest of you are police officers, and you can ask, like, hey, have you been on any of the adjoining spaces to where I currently am each turn? And you have to try and piece together a route, and you've got four nights to work out, okay, which general direction is he going to get back to his base before the end of the night? Where's his base? Can we arrest him without seeing him? Now, they're my favourite games, is the, the team-based, where one of them's working against you. Um, yeah. so I'm a big fan of the Battlestar Galactica game by Fantasy Flight where one of you is one or more of you is the Cylon and you're working against the rest of the group. Uh, I love that one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of board games. I'm a big um, sort of over the past few years been a, turning more and more into a D&D geek. Um, there's a group I play with every Saturday. Um, we, we try out different things. We've been running several. We're currently doing a, an Eberron D&D campaign using the 5th edition rules um, I, I mentioned we played Deadlands last year we did a lot of Vampire the Masquerade I'm, I'm personally a fan of, of storyteller system games stuff that focuses a lot on role playing and character building more than just combat although yeah. the current D&D game we're playing I built a pure combat character and I've never been happier because I, I built a character that's just got a 30% chance to land a critical hit every time. <laughs> uh, I've got a dual-wielding fighter who's the champion build, so he doesn't just crit on a, a 20. If you roll a 19, he'll crit as well. Uh, and we're using the alternate rules, where cri- critical hits also can cause serious lasting wounds to things. Uh, so as well as scoring a load of critical hits... And, and our DM gives us an inspiration point, which you can use to sort of gain advantage on rolls. You get inspiration for doing good role-playing. And he gives us an inspiration point if we describe the critical hit. So I'm just describing... Every time I get to lop off arms and legs and fucking things, like... <laughs> My my character, who's just this heavily built, scarred up, fucking ex gladiator guy, like lops off an arm, and I'm like, he doesn't even swing his axe. He holds his axe with one hand, grabs his enemy's arm, and just smashes the arm against the axe until it snaps off. Throws it over his shoulder and goes. Ah, ah, ah. Um, this is why we need to do some D and D on the podcast. <laughs> I'd be uh, warned, like I end up, I, I often come up with some just just nasty fucking characters. That is the perfect way to do it. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it for questions. Um, is now a good time to start wrapping up? I think now's the time to wrap up. Speaking of which, Laura, people may not want to wrap up um, during these cold winter months. I, I don't know what I meant by any of that, but the, the long and the short of it is, is how can they enjoy your content? Well, if you're wrapping up in, in, in content and you want my content to be the content that you're wrapped up in, you can go to Twitter at Laura K. Buzz, or pretty much anything else at Laura K. Buzz. <laughs> I'm also UK editor at Destructoid, so every morning, Monday to Friday, I do news there. 
got some things coming up that'll be exciting. You want to know what they are? Follow me on Twitter <laughs> or go to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. That's what keeps the lights on. So, yeah. And Gavin, it is your birthday. So for a special treat, it is. you get to tell people how they can follow your musical stuff. Well, if you want to get wrapped up in the sound of this smooth, chocolatey voice, you can go to my YouTube channel, Miracle of Sound, and hear it singing lots of songs to you. And you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Miracle of Sound. Awesome. You also have a new version. There I meant go. to mention it last week, but you there's a new version of Hard Cash, which is the, the music we use for our, oh, yeah, our opening thing. Our Podquisition theme. Actually, that's a funny thing. Not a lot of people know that I did the music for Podquisition. I didn't know until about three episodes <laughs> in. I didn't I didn't <laughs> yeah. work out that was you. Not, uh, yeah, and not the, a lot of people know that's actually one of my The intro songs. music is a Miracle of Sound song. It's um, based on Michael yeah. from Grand Theft Auto V. It was one of three I think, songs. I think did. there's... Pres- there's a natural presumption when somebody does geek-themed music that people presume, yeah, I'm not going to listen to that. It's going to be cheesy and crap. But uh, no, go listen to the stuff. It's actually really good. So, no, no, I, I regularly listen <laughs> and I'm to extremely humble. It's very, it's very subtly geeky. It doesn't beat you over the head mm. with, hey, it's a video game song. Woo! Well, it, I mean, well, it's damn well, good music Hard, hard Cash is a song about having a midlife crisis yeah you know with just michael from gta as kind of the inspiration for it yeah go go do those because it's it's gavin's birthday or it was yesterday if you're listening now say happy birthday to gavin even though it's probably not his birthday by the time you hear this give him a week of birthday give gavin a week of birthday (laughs) yeah so that's what you need to do and and for that whole week and then you'll be occupied until next week when there's another episode for you. So we've just solved your biggest problem of what the fuck am I going to do when this is over. Yeah, every, so, t- every yeah. time that you think, oh, I want a new podquisition, you just go, uh, uh, happy birthday, Gavin, and that's your new podquisition. Yeah, because we often get on Twitter, I'll get, like, we'll get tweets addressed to me and Lauren going, what am I supposed to do when I finish with podquisition? What am I supposed to listen to in my car? I'm like, hey, man, I've got seven albums. <laughs> go listen to those well it's like I do 8 podcasts a week if you run out of podquisitions yeah, go Laura's listen, got 8 go, podcasts go listen to Year of Steam, the Indie Haven podcast the Geek Night In, Category Video Games Oh No Video Games, Laura's Gaming Butts go listen to those how the fuck do you keep up with all I of don't that, know. it's crazy well it was caffeine and now I don't know how I'm going to keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit you guys both sounded a bit tired today <laughs> Yeah, this is this Maybe. is withdrawal week. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is this is this is yeah. life now. <laughs> anyway, yeah. thanks thanks to everyone for listening and continuing to support us. Um, the Patreon for the Jimquisition content has just been going. I mean, usually by the end of the month, that's when it goes down because people bail the shit before the Patreon men come <laughs> looking for money. Um, but it's only gone up during that period. And YouTube subscribers on the Jim Sterling channel have just exploded uh, this past week. So. I'm I'm thrilled with everything right now. So thank you all for the continued support. I'm, it means so much to me. I'm in a similar position. I'm about to cross ten thousand Twitter followers, which is scary. There you go. Like like nice. things are on the up 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 go. for all of us, and we couldn't be happier. I don't. I think I speak for us all when I say that we are really appreciative of all the support and, and all of the all of the kindnesses Big time. that you give us. So thank you for loving our bollocks. <laughs> yes, and, and we'll see you next week bye bye <laughs> bye